Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Oh, one more time, can we lift up our hands and lift up our voice? Jesus, we love you today. God, we're so thankful for what we feel in this place. We worship you today, oh God. Has God ever done anything good for you? Has God ever made a way where there wasn't a way? He stepped in when it didn't look good, but God was there. And we're thankful. We're thankful for what God has done, and we're thankful for what God is going to continue to do. And we're believing for God to do great things uh, in this house even today. Thank you, praise team, so much for, for leading us in to the presence of God. We're going to go today to Isaiah chapter 6 and read verse 1. And as you're turning there, what a, what a great privilege and honor it is to be here today. Uh, give honor to Pastor Bounds and to his family. We're so thankful for their leadership. Uh, it's said every time, but we are blessed with the best. And uh, we love them and so thankful for them. Uh, give honor to you, to the saints of God. Uh, there's no place better to be on Wednesday night uh, than right here at the Anchor Church in Zanesville, Ohio. And uh, I'm thankful, uh, and I give you honor, uh, and honor you today. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. I just want to talk to us just a little bit tonight uh, on the title, uh, of, of focus, of, of being focused, and maybe put a different way, uh, what is your focus? And so if you're going uh, to preach with me tonight, would you just put your Bibles down and lift your hands one more time, and let's, let's ask God to touch us today. We love you, Jesus. Lord, we're so thankful for what we feel in this house. God, I ask that you would touch us in a special way, oh God. God, anoint our ears that we'd be able to receive what you have, what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, we ask that you touch every person in this room, God. We bless your name. And everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Uh, I, I brought with me today, this is my spotting scope. And... We have, we have at my house a, a big field behind where my house is. And there's lots of deer back there. And I don't know if you're a deer hunter. Uh, I, I like to deer hunt. I, I don't do it as much as I, as I would like to. Um, but I do strangely like to watch deer. Um, and I kind of consider them my deer that are in the back. Like those are mine, and I get to uh, I get to watch them, 
And so uh, my, my wife bought me this a couple years ago for my birthday. And a lot of times you can find me standing kind of creepily at my bedroom window with this, uh, just watching the deer. I was doing it before I came. Uh, how many know that, that the big bucks have been moving lately? Yeah, past couple weeks. I've got to, I've got to watch my, my deer uh, in the back. And I've got to, got to keep an eye on them and make sure everything's okay. Um, but, but the interesting thing about the spotting scope is, uh, is that when you're looking through it, uh, you don't see anything else. And you look through and, and you see where you're aiming, but it, it also has this little knob right here on the top. Um, and, and what this does is it brings whatever you're viewing into focus. You can be looking at something and not even know what you're looking at until you focus it. You can be, you can be looking the right way. You can be aimed the right direction. But unless you're calibrating, unless you're, unless you're bringing into focus what you're looking at, it's very possible that you, you won't even know it. And when I'm looking through this and I am focused, I'm not seeing anything else. And so today, I, I just want to talk a little bit about, about what's your focus. When we, begin to, when we begin to look at the Bible, the Bible itself, it's, it's such this incredible single book or this collection of books that that God has given us as access to get to know him better. And when we think of of the vastness of God and when we consider just how how big he is and we think of just who God is and we think of who he has been and who he is today and who he will continue to be, he, he is the I am that I am. He is, he is infinite. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He has all power in his hands. He, he is the ancient of days. He, he is the beginning of the beginning. He's alpha and he's omega. He's the first and the last. Think of, who, think of who God is. He, he is the lily of the valley. He is the, the bright and the morning star. Consider who God is. He, he is wonderful. He is counselor. He is the mighty God, the everlasting father. Just think of who God is. He, he's not going. He's, he's not coming. He He's always present. He's the same yesterday, and he's the same today, and he's the same forever. Just consider who he is. And we have one book to explore him. In order for this one book to be able to contain all of the facets of who he is, then this book must be alive. That's why it is called the living word of God. So when we read the book, it is not enough to only read it, but we must also feel it. 
It must make itself alive to us. Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we know that this word is alive to you and to I today. That's why a book written by uh, multiple writers, but one author paralleled over, over centuries can have one single message and, and is intertwined together because it's been divinely inspired and it's been divinely preserved because it is God's word. But what do we do with this word? How, how, do, we, how do we real plainly and realistically, how, how do we make it applicable to our, our, our daily life that, that we live. It, it has become an observation of mine uh, of late that it is easy to truly confuse a lot of activity with that of a purposeful life. But the reality is that motion and movement are not the same thing, regardless of how hard we try to convince ourselves otherwise. We have to take time to push other things away, to, 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 to realign ourselves or, or to refocus ourselves on the things that really matter. And, and I'm here today just with a simple message that we need to be able to remind ourselves to recall the things that God remembers to our life. More plainly put is, is what, what are you looking at? What are, what are you focused on? What, what's downrange that, that you're narrowed in on? Isaiah 45 verse 22 says, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all of the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. Uh, look unto me. Not uh, look uh, uh, unto the news, not look unto social media, uh, not look unto uh, whatever the, the thing, whatever the thing is, the distraction, not, not look unto that, look, look, look unto me. Uh, I, my wife just a few weeks ago had to tell me uh, to stop listening to the news. When Israel... Uh, uh, and all of that was happening, I, I, became, I became over-involved. And uh, she, said, uh, she said, it's changing you. And, uh, and she was right. Bless God. Uh, so I, uh, I turned it off and uh, felt better. I, 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 got my, I got my eye on, 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 on the right thing. I, I got refocused on what I should be looking at and not, not the other things because then that takes me off of, of what I should be looking at. The great difficulty that we have spiritually is to be able to concentrate on God in an oversaturated world. There is no shortage of things vying for your time. There, there is no uh, neglect of, of anything trying to suck your time. All you have to do is hold the phone in your hand, and it'll even buzz just to make sure you're still there. Like, it, it is constantly trying to get you 
to pay attention to it. Why? Because there is always a focus. And the question is, is, is what is yours? Troubles nearly always cause us to be able to, to, to refocus on God. Uh, I've been in church long enough now. I, I, I know that, that troubles and, and that trials uh, for certain individuals, that's the only thing that drives them back to the house of God. Uh, tr- troubles do that. Uh, troubles, they, 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 they have this heaviness and, and certain people, like that's the only thing that will cause them to look to God because troubles have, it, it has no trouble making us look, uh, have a, having us look to God, uh, but, but his blessings are different. Troubles cause us to, to run to the house of God, but his blessings, are, they make it difficult sometimes to be able to focus on him because when everything's going right, when everything is feeling good, it, it's easy to take your, your focus off of the very thing causing the blessing. It's easy to, to become distracted or, or to become realigned with something else or some other purpose. It's, it becomes easy to, to dial in on, on other things other than God whenever things are going well and we can so easily get preoccupied and, and out of focus and while while God all of the time is continuing to say look unto me and be ye saved all of the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else all things vanish whenever we begin to look clearly towards God because whenever I Whenever I bring myself clearly into focus of his view, then all of the, all of the distractions, all of the peripheral, all of the things that would try to so easily beset us, those things now aren't getting my attention. They're not getting my focus. They're not getting my energy or my time or my emotions. Let other things come and go as they may. People even criticize as they will. But I must never allow anything to obscure a life that has become hidden in Christ, in Christ alone. I must be intentional to never be rushed out of a relationship of abiding in him, regardless of what time is on the clock. I know that it's difficult. I know that at times I feel rushed even trying to pray. I know there can be a day that goes by and I realize that I haven't even spent a moment, I haven't even spent a moment talking to the creator of all, to, 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 to all of the, the wonder and the grandeur and the splendor. And, and he makes time to be personal. And there's times I'm so rushed in the temporal that I can't even make a moment for a conversation with him. For my my life is to be overmastered by him. We are to have no end. We are to have no aim and and we are to have no no purpose except for his. It's not my will. It's It's thine will on earth 
as it is in heaven. Paul would write in Acts chapter 26, verses 16 through 18, this is Jesus speaking. He said, but rise to Paul, stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. He's a personal guy. He showed up for this purpose, to make thee one a minister and two a witness. Both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Even the things you haven't seen yet, Paul. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes. You can have sight with no vision. You you can be alive but dead. You can, you, can be, you can be living, but we just haven't buried you yet. It's possible to sleepwalk through life and never wake up to the purpose or to the calling of God. And only the things that we do for God will last. Arise, Paul. Go. I'm sending you to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul was not given a message or a doctrine to proclaim, but he was brought into a vivid and a very personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, I'm, I, I've brought you here, Paul, for this purpose, that I'm going to send you so that you, Paul, so that you, saint, can go and you can help open their eyes and you can help turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. Paul had discovered a cause, and he was devoted to a person. Why? Because truth is more than just an idea. The Bible tells us that truth is a person. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Whenever you find truth, whenever you discover where truth comes from, that's why everybody's so tormented. That's why everybody's so confused. That's why everybody's longing for a cause, and they'll jump on whatever social bandwagon it is because they're trying to believe in something because they don't know what truth is. Truth is not just an idea. No, no. No, no, truth. Truth is a person. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Paul completely belonged to Jesus. He saw nothing else. He lived for nothing else. He said, for I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. A great prayer that every one of us could pray tonight is that I am determined not to know anything else in this world except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because he is the way. 
He is the truth. He is the life. Yet nevertheless, there still oftentimes remains this, this struggle, this, this push to, to be able to leave room for God or, or to leave room for, for the things of God. And it is this erosion of complacency and comfort that can oftentimes begin to chill us to the workings of Jesus in our world. And when I lose focus on the things of God, I find that, uh, I, find that I can get cold spiritually. All of a sudden, things that move me don't move me. All of a sudden, things that used to cause me to pray don't cause me to pray. All of a sudden, the things that used to break my heart no longer, no longer, no longer do that. And it, it may not have even been intentional, but somewhere along the journey of life with all of the things in it, we change towards our view of God. We change. God doesn't. We change towards the things of God. At some point, we, we may have have weeped over the things of God, over, over the people of God, over those who, who never knew God. But if, if I take my eyes, if the focus is no longer on the eternal and I only see the temporal, I am missing how God sees things. And I, I can lose focus. I, I've lost focus. I I, I used to, to devote myself to prayer and, and to create this covenant communion with him, but, but now can't even pray without checking my phone. Can't even, can't even try to read my Bible without checking in on the news. It's, it's, it, it's overwhelming now, the things that are trying to get your attention away from God. And before you know it, our... Our souls have lost the safety of being in solitude with him because we've gotten cold, because we're not focused anymore on the things of God. Mark chapter 4, verse 34, the Bible says this, it says, when they were alone, then he expounded all things to his disciples. Uh, when, when they were overwhelmed, uh, when they were overwhelmed with the news, when, uh, when, when they couldn't say off TikTok, when they, when they couldn't, uh, when they couldn't turn off Fox News or, or CNN or, or whatever, you, you understand what I'm saying? When, no, 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 it, it was when they were alone. It, it was when they purposefully put themselves into a place where they allowed God to have space to be able then he expounded all things to his disciples only when we have solitude with Jesus only then can he expound anything to us God does require us to spell out our own souls to to search out our our own souls and the only way that we can be of use to God is to let him take us through the crooks and the crannies of our own character and we need to take an honest inventory of ourselves and ask, what could I be doing better? In what areas could I, could I push things back 
could I, could I make more time? Could I, could I have space for God to be able to expound things to me? Being a parent, I ask the question, um, would I be content if my kids had the same relationship with God that I do? I, I've grown up in church. I've seen parents that do not prioritize the house of God. And I have seen it filter long enough now to see their kids pick up that same trait that no longer prioritize the house of God. It's a stagnation that happens in spiritual life when we think that we can bear the whole thing ourselves, but we cannot. We cannot. Life, life may not be like what everything that you thought it would be. And I've come here with just a simple question. Uh, are you looking unto him? It, it, it may not have everything. It may not have taken the path. It may not have been the place. It, it may not be the home that you, uh, as you thought peace would be in. But my question is, is are, are you looking, are you looking unto him in all of this all of these things, if, if we're having kids or if we're having grandkids and we're having struggles and, and, and the family's out of alignment. My, my question for you is just, are you looking unto God or are you looking unto the latest self-help book or are, are you trying to find the newest thing that will fill the void that only God can? Family members lost their way and turned out and walked away from God, are you still focused on the things that God has for you and for your family? But that's tough. It's tough when it hasn't worked out or it's confusing or sometimes it doesn't always make sense the way that things happen in, in the moment. But after all of that, how do you grapple with the reality of what his word says about your life, of the promises that he's made, of, of the life that he's given. How, how do we deal with disappointment? What, is that, what does that look like? Whenever I, I've taken my focus off of God and, and it's been on something else and, and things haven't worked out, how, how, how do I get God to make sense of this? If you've been asking God what he is going to do, he typically does not tell you. God oftentimes does not tell you what he's going to do. But when we come into a relationship with him, he simply reveals more of who he is to you. It's not about you understanding. It's about understanding more of him. Because his thoughts are above our thoughts and his ways are above our ways and we can't understand it and we never will while we're here. But is my focus on him? Am I looking unto the things of God? It's when he gets us alone that, that he begins to expound. To us. He, he, can, he can reveal more of himself to us when we give him the room and the space to be able to do that. It's when he gets us absolutely alone. And we cannot simply bring ourselves to ask one more question that then he can begin to expound things to us. 
Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off of the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Also, everyone say also. Oh, by the way, also I heard the voice of the Lord. It is almost as if Isaiah is overhearing a conversation that is happening that, that he is not even supposed to be a part of. God did, did not address the call to Isaiah. The Bible records it that Isaiah is overhearing God saying, who will go? Whether or not I hear God's call in my life, it depends upon the state of my ears. And what I hear depends upon the environment that I have brought myself into with the King of Kings. While a baby is still in the womb, hearing is the first sense to develop. By the fifth month, a baby's ears are fully developed and sounds from both inside and outside the mother's belly can be perceived. It has also been studied that hearing is the last sense to leave before death. When your eyes have become inadequate, it is then that hearing takes over. So when I can no longer see it with my eyes, it is then that I have to rely on hearing it with my ears. Revelations 3 verse 22 says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. How do I make sense of all of the things? I don't, and I can't. But what I do is when I bring myself back into alignment with God, and I get myself truly 
alone with the creator of all. It is then that I begin to experience the very nature of God, which is creative. God begins to call out things. God begins to call out uh, 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 desires and, and to place burdens and to begin to make sense of where you're at in the kingdom of God. It is the call of God that, that expresses his nature, not ours. The call of God is not some echo that, that relies upon me, but when I am brought into a relationship with him, it is then that I find myself in the condition that Isaiah was in. Isaiah's spirit was so attuned to God by the condition of his circumstance that he was able to allow God to expound things to his spirit. What I'm focusing on depends if I have an ear for anything, uh, for anything of myself and I won't be able to hear the things of God if all I have focused on is, is the things that drown out what God is trying to say. Then I won't have any ear left for what God is wanting to say. But when I am able to find myself in a place where he trusts me enough by my devotion to him that I can see him high and lifted up. I will begin to see his train filling the temple. And whenever that happens, just as Isaiah, we just cannot remain the same. Whenever God begins to expose more of himself to you, by you showing that you are willing to be able to be used by him, by making space for him, then God begins to expand and he begins to fill the temple and, and it makes a spot for you and we will be profoundly altered whenever we get into a closer proximity with God. It is not a question of God singling something out and saying, you know, now you go. God does do that, but, but God did not lay a strong compulsion on Isaiah. The Bible doesn't record that, but, but it does record that Isaiah just somewhat almost happened to find himself in the presence of God. And when he found himself in the presence of God, it was then that he heard the call of God. And he realized that his only response was to take ownership of it and to say, here am I, send me. Talking about coming into alignment today. Talking about being able to focus our attention on the things of God. Because whenever we make it a priority, then God will make us a priority in his kingdom. The destiny of my spiritual life is such an identification with God that I must always be able to hear him and not the things. Isaiah had an opportunity to make a choice. It doesn't say that, that God called to Isaiah. It says he heard him, overheard him talking. And I would venture to say that, that you and I have that same choice that we have to make. Of if we will follow after God or the things, the things not of God. What hinders me from hearing 
is that I am focused with other things. That I've allowed other things to crowd out what God is saying. And if I am not cultivating a devotion of hearing, then I will only be able to hear God's voice at certain times. And at other times, it will then be the things I will hear. I'm closing today if you want to stand. And if the music would like to come. I just want you to consider this in closing. When you walk out tonight and you gaze up at the, the night sky that is coming ever so early now. You go out and, and you see the light coming from those stars. Consider this. The closest star to the earth that you are looking at is 25 trillion miles away, supposedly. The light from that closest star takes four years to reach the earth so that you can see it. So when you step out and you look up at the stars, the light that is hitting your eye could very well be coming from a star that no longer exists. And so my question today is what are you focused on? What are you allowing to occupy the space and the time and the emotion of your life. The very thing that you could be devoting so much time and so much energy and so much worry to, it could be coming from a source that no longer exists or that has already died. But if we're not careful, that can be the only thing that we focus on. And that we devote all of our time and, and all of our talent and all of our treasure and all of our everything to. We, we focus only on that. And we live in a reactionary state of being, settling for the effects of a source that's no longer real either. I, I heard uh, this always growing up. It said, only the things that you do for God will last. That's it. Only the things that you do for God will last. Everything else, it's all great. Everything else, it's great, it's good. It won't last. And at the end of the day, there's, there's, there's a book called All of the Things uh, Go Back in the Box. At the end of the day, get put in a box and that's it here that's it but we have the unique privilege to be able to touch eternity every single day and to be able to see people souls the way that God sees them and the question is by what we are focusing on by what we're hearing. Is it aligned? Is it focused? Is it focused on God? Our very proximity to the presence of God will determine the byproduct of His nature working in our life. And what happens in our life, it will make an impact on the lives that are around you. We do not reproduce what we know. 
we reproduce who we are. And I have a simple challenge tonight. Uh, Who are you? What are you focusing on? What are you giving your attention to? What have you allowed to crowd out the things that really matter? Today, as as we begin to sing, uh, this altar is open. And I would just ask that, that you would just take the time tonight just to evaluate the things, the things in your life that, that maybe you could change, maybe you could do better. Believing that God has a purpose specifically for you, for your life, and for your world to be able to touch the people in it. Today as we sing, altars open, you're welcome to stay. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.